Coming up on Stu Does America, the newest unemployment numbers have been released. And hey, hey, no, put the rope down. It's not that bad. I mean, it's pretty bad, but don't off yourself quite yet. Then I will rub it in your face to make it really a lot worse. Uh, four different restaurants I went to last weekend. How many did you get to? <laughs> Sucker, you're living in one of those blue states, aren't you? Watch us free on YouTube. Just search my name, Stu, and I'll be the first result. My fat face will be right there. Watch for free on Facebook, even you, Mark Zuckerberg, and listen to us free on your favorite podcast platform as well. Just so many free options and so little time. Or if you want to be, you know, a little better than those free-watching freeloaders, subscribe to Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash stew and use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and we'll take 30 bucks off. That deal ends soon, though, so act fast. I've survived yet another week alone in this giant empty studio. I will say, though, I'm running out of polished floors to do the Tom Cruise Risky Business slides across. Stu does America. Let me take you back in time a little bit. Remember way, way back. How old were you when you could actually be in the same room with other people? Hmm. That was fun, wasn't it? Every once in a while, you could be at a bar having a conversation and someone would say something incredibly random that no one believed. And then it turns into one of those bar bets. You know, I swear there was a movie called Shazam starring Sinbad. I'll bet you I saw it. I know it. No, sorry. It's not true. It's a it's actually starring Shaq. It's called Kazam. I think. I don't know. Uh, or how about this one? Brad Pitt was totally in a Pringles commercial in the 80s. No way. No way. It's a bet. I saw him. You've got the fever. I've got the fever, the fever reliever. I've got the fever, the fever reliever. Pringles. Whenever I see Brad Pitt, I just feel like I'm just looking in a mirror. It's just so weird. Uh, Some dude in the Trump administration. How about this one? He made that Wonder Woman movie. Did you hear that with Gal Gadot? Um, Actually, that one's true. Executive producer slash... Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin. Mm. Fun fact, Wonder Woman's superhero outfit based on Steve Mnuchin's real pajamas. It's true. Or how about this one? It's February. Unemployment's at 3.5%, lowest in 50 years. And I'll bet you I'll bet you 10 bucks that in two months, the economy will be in shambles and we'll have the worst month in unemployment in history. <laughs> uh, what a winner you would feel like, wouldn't you? What seems so obvious today would have been impossible to believe just a few weeks ago. This morning, we got our unemployment report. And if you happen to be in one of the states where you can get alcohol delivered, (laughs) today was a good day to try it out. The numbers are brutal. In February, the unemployment rate was 3.5%. In March, as this just started to kick in, went up to 4.4%. Today, 14.7%. The highest rate of my lifetime and probably yours. The graph for the unemployment chart looks like it's measuring my weight. Here it is over the net of five years. You've got a starting low and it's getting lower. And then ooh, today, straight up. Even going back 10 years, uh, it was a long, smooth decline. And then a line straight up. We had a good run, America. Go back 25 years. The last little hill you can see in this graph. Oh, we used to call that. The Great Recession from 2008 and 2009. All before that, you can see the after effects of the dot-com boom and bust and a little event called 9-11. 
This goes all the way back to the end of World War II, and you see the perspective. I mean, it's still every one of these charts today still looks ridiculously terrible. A couple of moderate peaks back around 10%. 1982 was the peak at 10.8%. Now we're at 14.7% and rising. This doesn't even have the whole effect of what we're going through. And we're destroying all records. The worst month of the Great Recession was January of 2009. The all-time record before this month uh, was September 1945. Now that one was uh, about 2 million jobs lost. But congratulations, everybody. You're involved in setting a new Guinness World Record, or at least a world record that makes you want to drink Guinness. 20.5 million jobs. More than 10... I can't believe I'm saying this crap. More than 10 times the previous record. It's legitimately incomprehensible that this has happened. Of course, we all knew it was going to happen since we told everyone not to go to work. So incomprehensible is probably the wrong word, but you have won that bar bet. I mean, you could have won it with literally anyone in the world uh, if you would have just said in two short months we would go from the best economy in half a century to the worst in our history. I had to pull this chart right from the government's site when I was going through it today. There's a massive bar down on the very right side of the chart that shows 20 million jobs lost. And you look the rest of the months before that, and they're just little tiny dots. Little tiny dots. You can't even make them. Right around zero, that line around zero, you see all those little dots? Those dots are showing around 300,000 people getting jobs. They look like people walking around on the street as you look down on them from the roof deck of a skyscraper. I feel like I'm saying something obvious here, but uh, apparently it's not so obvious to many on the left and in the media. This can't continue. This is our civilization falling apart in front of us. And who knows if we can turn it around. I mean, it's Freedom Friday on the program. So I can't talk about those evil little microbes. But if you watch or listen to this show, you know I'm not blowing that stuff off. I believe it's legitimately a big threat. Like, it's never good to, you know, it's never a good idea to lock yourself in a room with no windows and no contact with the outside world. Well, maybe after a really bad hangover. But, you know, usually you just can't hide away from everyone. However, that is what a panic room is. That's what it's made for. It makes plenty of sense to lock yourself in a panic room when men with guns are breaking in downstairs. You can make the argument that you should stay out of the fight and, you know, just go for it in the panic room or maybe stay out and, you know, throw hands with a bunch of burglars. But if you have a panic room, that's when you use it. But a panic room was never designed to be a long-term solution. President Trump told us to stay in the panic room for six weeks. All right, we did it. Now it's time to come out. Because if the house burns down around us, you know, the panic room isn't going to be worth all that much. Last Friday here in Texas, I went out to dinner. In fact, I went out to eat at, yes, four separate restaurants. If you haven't been able to tell, I like eating. On Friday, right after this show, I went out with my family and we went to a place called uh, The Ranch, uh, pretty close to the studios here. Now, remember, in Texas, you can only fill up to 25% capacity right now. And I will say they were filled up to about 25% capacity. It was about as filled as you could be. Waiters were coming around with masks, trying to talk to us through masks. It was hard to understand. I will say it was odd, and this has happened a lot around here. They're just like, you could just buy liquor in the bottle and bring it home after your meal. I mean, God bless Texas, first of all. But 20 bucks, they're like, ah, I had 20 bucks. You could take a bottle of liquor. Now, did I load up on that? No. 
No, I did not. I actually didn't. It's, but it's a weird vibe. It's a weird vibe. Uh, here are the kids out in front of the, uh, the ranch restaurant. There are little tiny kids there. Uh, underneath a big Texas flag on opening day. And one of the reasons I wanted to keep that picture was to remind them, you know what? You were one of the first people out here. And uh, that flag, you know, kind of means something. Uh, also, uh, we also have them under a, 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 by a cactus because, you know, Texas. I mean, those are I, how did I have anything to do with those kids? They're adorable. Uh, here's the family. Uh, yes. And um, uh, you'll look at this. You can see me if you're uh, uh, on podcast. Well, you're screwed pretty much. You should watch on YouTube. Check it out. Uh, but there we are. And yes, I know I married up. You really don't need to mention it for the 5000th time. I got it. Second, uh, we went to uh, my, my wife and I went on a Saturday night uh, to a restaurant surrounded by three hotels. Uh, that's not a good location for a restaurant these days because no one's at the hotels. Basically empty. The waiter who had been laid off uh, when this all started, he was rehired. And uh, he was trying to deal with a new baby due in a few weeks. How do you live through that? I mean, imagine how bad I felt when I had to stiff him. <sighs> Sucked. Dine and dash, you know. Who's going to catch? What are they going to do? You're in the middle of a pandemic. Are they going to come arrest you? No, I'm kidding. Uh, third, we went, uh, I went out with my daughter for breakfast. Now, no one is out anywhere in this area for breakfast. No one. The place is empty. People, you know, the waiters and waitresses are all wearing masks. It's that same kind of creepy situation. We're at a shopping center kind of area, but there's no one shopping. So, you know, there's no foot traffic. Now, you might, sound, you might say that sounds a little depressing, Stu, but look at my breakfast partner here. I mean, come on. You try being depressed with her looking back at you. And I will say, after this, it even got better from there. Look at these pancakes. I mean, one cinnamon bun pancake, one strawberry cheesecake pancake, and one pineapple upside down cake pancake. And before you say anything, I let her have a bite or two of her breakfast. I'm not a bad dad. Jeez. And finally, I went on to an Italian place uh, on Sunday night. And yes, that's why I look like this. I didn't actually seem to be open, I will say. Uh, seemed like they kind of opened. I don't know if it was a friends and family situation or what, but it was different. It was uh, no masks on anybody there. People were like shaking hands. It was the closest to a normal restaurant experience that you remember, but it was really weird. Like, I don't remember how to interact with people at this point. Um, you can see me there on the bottom left hand uh, of the picture calculating how many droplets are entering my nostrils. Um, the, I will say this, all four places, the greatest service I've ever received. I, 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 I just, it's, it's a perplexing time. You know, I, I loved getting out there. I loved doing my little tiny part and ingesting yet another 25,000 calories for the economy, for the good of the nation. But I have to be honest, a lot of it was really weird you know, restaurants were running at a 3% profit margin before all of this. There's a bit of a novelty in sort of braving the elements and having some nachos, at least right now. But I mean, you know, it's, it's not quite as an enjoyable an experience as it used to be. And it's a little weird. I don't know. Will people go? You go through these experiences, four different experiences at four different places. It's an uphill battle here, guys. Uh, this is a UCLA poll from the New York Times. Um, and I mean, it asks all these questions. Here's the, here's the framing of it. If restrictions were lifted on the advice of public health officials, so they're saying it's safe, regarding the following activities, how likely would you be to do these things? Listen to some of these. Um, eat dinner at a friend's, 57% say they would. Get a haircut, 52%. Go to the dentist, 54 Attend a funeral, only 48% said they would do that. Go to church, only 32% right now say they would do that. 
Send a kid to school, 29%. Eat at a restaurant, 43%. Uh, ride public transit, only 22%. Attend a wedding, 34%. Go to a shopping mall, 34%. Listen to these numbers. This is, uh, I mean, I think a lot of times in, t in talk radio, we get this idea that everyone's like ready to run out of the door and stand out of the flag and, 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 uh, and cheer on America at one of these establishments. A lot of America's not there yet. Uh, fly in an airplane, only 27% said they would do it right now, even if approved by public health officials. Attend a sporting event, 19%. Go to the movies, 26%. Go to a stadium concert, 19%. I mean, when does this turn around? You know, wh when does this go on? I, I mean, I don't know. Trying to bounce back from this is going to be incredibly Difficult. When do these things come back? When does air travel come back? When does a, a concert? I mean, that could be 18 months before we see our concert venues start opening up. And are we going to be comfortable as a country saying, hey, everybody, we're going to pay for your concert venue to remain open, even though you're not holding any concerts? How long does that last? I got to assume that that sort of stuff is going to test the Americans' patience as well. This is going to be really tough. We need to really Focus, get back to work, do all we can to make sure this thing doesn't blow up out of control again, because I can't take more time in quarantine. And the biggest lesson you should take from all of this is I now really want pancakes. If you like pancakes as much as I like pancakes, then you probably like breakfast. You know, you get up in the morning, you got to get a little black rifle coffee. That's the way people start their day here in Texas and now all across America. Black Rifle Coffee is a veteran-owned and operated premium small-batch roast-to-order coffee company. Do you want coffee sent to your house? Do you want it sent to your office when you go back there? Maybe have a little bit waiting for you. How about the highest quality beans from around the world? You probably want that. You can always get the best at Black Rifle Coffee. They, co they roast their coffees to order. And the best way to enjoy uh, uh, coffee with Black Rifle Coffee is the Black Rifle Coffee Club. Mm -hmm. You choose the amount and blends that you want, and Black Rifle Coffee will discount the price. Plus, they ship it right to your home or your office completely free. My wife, I mean, I, used to, I say this all the time, but there always used to be the cup kind of sitting in the microwave uh, that she started in the morning uh, and then uh, you know, maybe heated up a little bit later on because she wasn't all that into it. That doesn't happen anymore now that we have Black Rifle Coffee. You have to try it too. BlackRifleCoffee.com slash stew. Enter the promo code stew to receive 20% off your first order of any coffee products. It's BlackRifleCoffee.com slash stew. And make sure you enter the code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll get 20% off. BlackRifleCoffee.com slash stew. Some new developments today in the world of Joe Biden. We'll get there in a second. Um, but first... I just can't take this. I saw this on CNN uh, and I just can't take it. This is Jim Acosta and he's standing there doing an interview and I just can't, I can't deal with it. Why is he wearing a mask? The man is standing by himself and he's outside. There's no reason to wear a mask in that situation. There are reasons potentially to wear masks at certain times. If you're particularly if you're indoors in a close uh, conversation, even if you're indoors for any reason, I can see it. If you want to be outdoors in a close conversation, I can see it. When you're outside alone, the only reason you wear a mask is that you're being a douche like Jim Acosta. That's it. He wants to show you he's wearing a mask. There's no reason to be broadcasting in a mask when you're by yourself 
outside. You know who knows that? Jim Acosta knows it. Okay? He just wants to he wants to show off and signal. I had to and believe me, I know it's a it's a Friday, doing everything we can, not to mention these evil little things floating around us everywhere. I had to crop the picture to make sure you didn't see their dumb updates sitting over there on the side. But this is Jim Acosta blabbing about God knows what in a mask on television outside alone. I, I just I can't take it. Uh, Tara Reid, a new document has come out. This is uh, from <laughs> the source is almost as interesting as the story. Let me give it to you here. Court uh, document from 1996 shows how a uh, how Tara Reid told her ex-husband she was sexually harassed. That's the quote while working for Joe Biden. That is in the document, the name in 1993. The declaration exclusively obtained by the Tribune in San Luis Obispo. Not the uh, New York Times or Washington Post or MSNBC or CNN. Uh, Maybe they were too busy putting masks on their reporters while they were outside alone to get this one. I mean, no knock on the uh, Tribune of San Luis Obispo. But I it's a pretty big story. I thought maybe someone else might be interested. Of course, CNN had, uh, you know, got scooped about the audio of Tara Reid's mom when she called into Larry King on CNN. So I guess if they can get scooped on that, they can get scooped on anything. The document goes on to say uh, it was from Reed's then husband, Theodore Dronin, who wrote uh, the declaration. At the time, he was contesting a restraining order Reed filed against him days after he filed for divorce. In it, he writes, Reed told him about, quote, a problem he was she was having at work regarding sexual harassment in U.S. Senator Joe Biden's office. He goes on to talk about how it seemed to really have a long lasting psychological effect on her. And and basically his argument was, look, I don't know what happened to her. It really screwed her up. And she's been a nightmare ever since. It's kind of the tone of of it. I mean, look, they're they're divorcing. There's restraining orders flying around. He does have some incentive to make her look um, emotionally damaged. I'm not saying he made any of it up, but, you know, you have to have a, a tad of, you know, a little bit of skepticism as far as the extent of it. But again, here's another piece of evidence that shows that something happened. I believe we're at the point in the story where we can pretty confidently say something went on back in the day. Uh, we don't know what it was, though. Most of these most of these things uh, that are from this era, 20, 25 years ago, mention her being upset, uh, mention her not liking uh, the way she was let go, making uh, talking her about, uh, you know, maybe sexual harassment or things that made her uncomfortable. That's what she told reporters for a long time. That was the extent of it. Uh, This new story about her being sexually assaulted is the one we're all kind of going back and forth on. And it's a strange situation because we can see that some degree of this type of offense pretty clearly occurred. But we don't have any confirmation that it went to the levels that she's saying that it went to. Now, you might say, well, you know, I obviously something happened. Why would she lie about it? It's a tough one. It's a tough one because you're you're 25 years after the fact. There's no way we can get really any, um, you know, serious evidence. What we have is sort of circumstantial evidence that she felt that something went wrong. We don't even know if the sexual harassment was real. We just know that it was her perception of it. Tough to, to adjudicate at this point. 
Um, you know, some people will say, and, and I've, I've heard a lot of people say this, oh, there's no perfect accusers. You know, uh, she might not have her story straight, but there's no perfect accusers, and you have to excuse some of that. Uh, that's totally fair, but this is the problem with a 25-year-old claim. You kind of have to, right now we have one person who's telling us that she was sexually assaulted. Uh, enveloped in all of that storyline is, according to her, she has told multiple people not to tell reporters about that to essentially leave that part out of it out. Now she's coming back to the well here and saying, well, now I, I want to tell you about that part of it. It's very difficult to convict someone when, when the people who are uh, telling you about it kind of are, are saying, first, I didn't say anything for a very long time. And secondly, when I told you after that long silence, I told you the wrong story, or at least I told you only a very small part of that story. Let me tell you an entirely new story, and, and, and hopefully you believe it. I don't, I don't know how... You convict somebody on this stuff. This is why waiting 30 years is not the right way to go. You know, I'm sorry. It's just not. Uh, you know, I don't want Joe Biden to be president, but I can't convict him of sexual assault because I want him to lose. Uh, and, you know, maybe we'll find out more. I, look, Joe Biden is super creepy to me. Super creepy. But I just don't know if, if, if this is. <laughs> I mean, that picture shows it. I don't know that that's it's the right thing to do to apply an unfair standard that we rejected for Brett Kavanaugh and apply it here. Now, I will say there is way more evidence in this case than there was in the Kavanaugh case. They are not. We keep comparing them because it's in our recent memory, but they are not close. They're not close. There's a lot more evidence when it comes to Joe Biden than there was Brett Kavanaugh. But still, I don't want to embrace some crazy standard that brings us down a road uh, where we're convicting people 30 years after the fact without any real hard evidence. We live in a country where, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Yes, it's a legal standard, but why wouldn't you want to apply it to your life? I know I do. You know, I mean, I, I, proof, I guess, is maybe a really far leap. We don't, I guess I don't even have, I probably do have proof of Harvey Weinstein, but most of these people that were convicted, I don't have much proof of. Uh, there are tapes of, of Harvey pretty much saying the things that he did. But beyond that, like you, it's tough to, to look at these things. And I understand that it's tough to kind of look at them and say, hey, uh, this one's uh, this one's OK. We can be upset about this one and, and not that one. You know, there's a there's a long story from Fox that I'm not going to be able to get into today about a reporter who looked and looked into her claims for a year and couldn't come up with enough to to bring it to the table. Um, I just don't see how you can with a straight face say you had enough to bring the Kavanaugh thing to the table. The double standard is ridiculous. Uh, and, you know, when you look at this, that's one of the big stories here. This, there's a double standard. When you face a double standard, I say this all the time, when you face a double standard, you have to pick the one you think is most appropriate. The, Biden, the way Biden's being treated is probably closer to what we should be. Uh, but still, uh, the consistency needs to be there as well. And so far, it hasn't been. People are about to get really familiar with the idea of intermittent fasting. No, not because of food shortages, because everyone has just put on like 100 pounds in the last seven weeks. At least the freshman 15 took a whole year. But I have a solution for you. It's Fast Blast. Even before this insanity, the world was discovering intermittent fasting as a healthy and highly successful way to lose weight and keep it off. Intermittent fasting works because you're fasting. Uh, if you fast, you get uh, increases in your metabolism, making it easier to lose weight and keep it off. While traditional diets, a lot of them just they slow your metabolism down. 
The Fast Blast smoothie is uniquely formulated for intermittent fasting. They have all kinds of plans to help you nail this. It's, you know, you got to learn a little bit about it, but they can help you work through every single detail. These guys know this. They've been doing it for a really long time. They understand how this works. It's not some crazy fly-by-night website. They understand how this works. Uh, you know, I find if I can get through the first, you know, the very beginning, it gets pretty easy. And the smoothies are fantastic. They, they, they tide you over really well. Uh, the smoothies come in a convenient and easy-to-squeeze uh, pouch, a little pouch thing. Uh, no, no blender. I can't do any of that stuff. Scales, calorie counting, carb counting. Ugh, get it out of my face. And I'm impatient. I, I hope you're the same way. I'm impatient. And that makes me, uh, you know, not like diets that have you losing like a half an ounce a month. That's not my style. When I'm in, I'm in. The pounds come off really fast when you use Fast Blast, and I think you should give it a shot. We, all want, we want you to do your own homework, though. We always say that here at The Blaze. So do it. Do your own homework. Learn more about intermittent fasting at fastblast.com slash blaze. Fastblast.com slash blaze. Get started today with Fast Blast for a healthier, happier, and smaller you. Elon Musk appeared on Joe Rogan's podcast yesterday. And uh, look, he's an interesting guy. He's got a lot of really interesting things to say. If you've been following him lately, he's been pretty pro, you know, set America free, no more lockdowns uh, type of guy, which has brought him a little bit of a, a adoration from particularly the right uh, and hatred from the left, which is the opposite of when he's talking about like global warming. Um, and he's everybody's favorite on the left and the right is annoyed with him. I, you know, like it's, uh, I'm sure he lives a difficult life, that Elon. Mm, having all those billions. Oh, could it be any harder? Well, some things are hard for Elon. Uh, apparently coming up with a name for his child is one of them. I, I, in the middle of this interview, I, you almost have to hear him explain it. Uh, but the name of his child, uh, little baby boy, is, I'll spell it for you, X-A-E-A-12 Musk. I mean, you thought Kanye and Kim... Uh, we're going down some strange roads with their names. X A E A twelve Musk. Now I don't know if you can just steal that from him. He might sue you if you take the name. The other thing he explained that the A E. How would you pronounce that? Think in your head right now. How would I pronounce A E? Yes, Ash. There's a thing about uh, languages. Words are usually made of letters, and those letters signify sounds that you make. So when you say A-E, no time does that mean ash, but apparently it means ash. I think it actually says here, <laughs> just like read some of this. X stands for the unknown variable. A-E is the elven spelling of AI, artificial intelligence, of course. And then A12 is the precursor uh, to the SR-17, which is an aircraft, you may know, of course, from back in the day. Um, I don't know why you would name your kid, some unknown, something in Elvin, and a plane. Those, look, when you got billions of dollars, you just do what you want. And that's why I need billions of dollars. So I can do what I want. I want, I want you guys to be on here talking about me and my dumb names I come up with my, for my kids. That's my goal in life. So good job, Elon. Uh, also, I want to announce uh, an adoption. 
I have uh, decided to adopt, and I have decided to adopt the Hanwha Eagles. There they are. There's their logo. It's a pretty badass logo. I think it's just an egg with a baseball hat on. Yes, Korean baseball is the only thing in the world actually playing right now. And I have a new team, the Hanwha Eagles. I will say, looking at the standings so far, we've just started the season. Hanwha off to a decent start. 500, they're 2-2. Two and A two. couple games behind Lot, NC, Kawum, Dusan, and then right there, right in the middle of the pack, Hanwha. Now that they brought me on board, though, as a fan, first of all, go Birds, right? Go Hanwha. The Hanwha Eagles. I'm a big fan. They've got me on board now. I feel like this is going to help. Um, let me know what team you're rooting for, because if you're as desperate as I am for something in sports, I mean, I'm at the point now where it's like, a three-hour special on the release of the NFL schedule? That sounds fantastic. Wait, they're just going to list a bunch of games that probably won't get played? I can't wait to see that. That's where I am. So Korean baseball is like a huge improvement over that. Let's go. Hanwha Eagles. Go Birds. We're all looking to find some money to save somewhere, especially right now. You saw the uh, economy and all the numbers. Anywhere you can save money, especially if it's not going to really affect your life in any negative way, uh, you got to do it, right? When's the last time you looked at how much you're spending every month on car insurance or homeowner's insurance? Well, now's the time to check out Gabby and see about getting a lower rate for the exact same coverage you already have. Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, Travelers, Allstate, all these brands. Uh, Just link your current insurance account, and in about two minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have. I did this. All I had to do, I decided, you know, you can do it a couple different ways, but you can just give them, you know, give them the details of your insurance, and they look at it, all the details, and they price it out. So they're not giving you some like somewhat similar thing that looks like it's saving you money, but then you get a car accident and you got to pay all this money up front. No, Gabby customers save $825 per year on average. They can't find any extra savings. They'll let you know so you can relax knowing that you have the best rate out there. Uh, it's totally free to check out your rate. Uh, let's go to, uh, you know, go to Gabby.com. Just do it. Gabby.com slash stew. G-A-B-I.com slash stew. It's Gabby.com slash stew. Check it out. My next guest you might uh, recognize if you're up at the ungodly hour to watch Pat Gray unleashed every day. I don't even know how you do it. He's the executive producer of that show and has been a colleague and a good friend. Well, I mean, I didn't write this, so I was going to say, wow, a little strong uh, for many years. Uh, It's been on. uh, I've been on his podcast recently. It's at the mic with Keith. We're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, The second half is coming out uh, is out now, I guess, uh, which is great. Both parts. Um, If you are at all curious what it's like to work uh, and live with all these people, you're going to enjoy it. It has some great stories going back on the radio show. We'll get into that in a second. Keith Malinak, thanks for walking the 30 steps here to the studio. Okay, don't undersell it. It was a good 40. <laughs> okay, okay. 40 steps. Uh, first of all, thank you for break, uh, uh, breaking the uh, winter hat barrier on the show. We've been trying to figure out who, who would be the first one to come on yes. with a winter hat. We appreciate Yay. that. All right. Um, Glad I could do that. <laughs> you and I are sports fans. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as you know, there's rules on, on, on a Friday show yeah. here, so we got to be very careful with how we talk about this. 
But I'm very excited for sports to at least be a possibility in the somewhat near future once again. Yeah, in the spirit of the day of the week that it is on the show, um, I don't know why all of these sports leagues decided to delay the start of their seasons and, <laughs> you know. and just take a break right in the middle. But uh, yeah, uh, I am very eager to get sports back. It is a hole in my life that I need filled very soon. It's also my escape. Yes. You know, it's funny. The two things that I would think of just like easy escapes, sports, movies, kind of both not really around right now for undisclosed reasons. (laughs) And I want to get back into that because it's the way you kind of distract yourself on a tough day, on a weekend. You can dive into that and we have nothing. And see, I know how all of my sports seasons will end. They will end in heartache, (laughs) but I would rather have the heartache than nothing at all. Than nothing at all. That's right. That's what they say. Yeah. The, the, uh, the uh, opposite of uh, hate is in, or the opposite of love is indifference. Isn't that how There we go. There we go. And like I, I don't care how they do this. Mm-hmm. I don't care if we, if we have, we've been totally Overton windowed, right? Yes. We'll take an empty stadium. Yeah. I don't care. I, I watch everything on TV. Don't have oh. to go in person. Let's yep. just get it going. I don't care what stadium it's in. I don't care if my teams have to play in Nome, Alaska. Let's go. Someone made the point that if you, um, uh, you know, can you play baseball without fans? And they said they've been trying that for a long time in Tampa and it's been working <laughs> out great. Uh, so um, I, I'm wondering, though, you know, the baseball one is interesting because they have the whole season to play. Yeah. So there was a pitch out there for a while that they were going to do three hubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was was it Miami, Texas. I think it was yeah, te- it was Florida, Texas, Arizona, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you have the, the spring training in two of those three cities. That now seems like maybe it's not going to happen. Um, the, the Toronto Blue Jays, as you know, I'm a huge Blue Jays fan, and, uh, the America's team. Um, <laughs> uh, but the problem with America's team is it happens to be in Canada. So oh, that's weird how crossing the border, again, to be very safe here, they would require every time you cross this border to take a couple weeks off from work. Uh, and that doesn't really work if you're trying to bounce back and forth to do series in baseball. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to solve this problem, especially baseball, because there's so many players in so many games. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've also heard that they're going to just pick up the schedule where it was. Where it was, really. At July 1st or wherever they start. Yeah, yeah. This is also very strange. Yes. Uh, uh, maybe the strangest plan I've heard so far is this idea that they're going to basically lock everyone within the walls of Disneyland or Disney World, excuse me, in Orlando and play all the NBA games there, which I guess they're, you know, it's interesting because you think of the NBA guys, they're younger guys, they kind of want to have some fun, maybe not ideal for them to be inside a Disneyland environment the entire time, but there's also a lot of dads uh, on, on these teams who might, you know, maybe their kids love a couple months at Disney World. So hang on a second. Are they going to build just basketball courts? Yeah, I mean, I think they don't have have to have have comedy for fans, right? Right. You know, they'd have to build the facilities. And one of the things about this is ESPN is so closely tied to the NBA and and they have no sports to air right now for Mm -hmm. undisclosed reasons. Um, So their cable contracts are a disaster. There's some people threatening to sue them. There's a lot of money on the line for Disney, who is obviously the owner of of ESPN. All these weird plants, all these sports. Again, uh, for all these undisclosed reasons, yeah. why are they doing laziness. a lot of trouble? I think it's laziness. A lot of trouble. I know. It's just, it's just a, um, let me uh, go just switch gears here and talk to you about the presidential election. It's been forgotten, again, for un- unexplained reasons. <laughs> I don't know why everyone's forgetting about it, but it's 2020 election. It's yeah. not that far away. Oh, uh, Donald Trump is dealing with some very unique challenges mm-hmm. uh, as he's trying to run for re-election. And Joe Biden, I would say, is as well. 
seemingly based on the fact that he can't speak a full sentence without screwing it up. So we're in May, right? We're about six, less than six months out from the election. And I still hold true to what I said. I'm sure the tweet is out there somewhere during the first debate. Uh, Joe Biden will not be the nominee for the Democrats. Mm. I, 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 I still think so. didn't have a plan B or figure out how they're going to do this. But I just don't see at the end of the day they're going to settle for Joe Biden. Even though there was a poll, the Blazers uh, posted this uh, recently from uh, Monmouth University. 50 to 41. Biden leads nationally over Trump. Mm-hmm. And then you factor in the Justin Amash possible candidacy uh, lingering out there. He's he's flirting with a third party run. Yep. And that gives him about 5%. And apparently it's going to affect Biden more. That drops Biden from 50 to 47. And Trump goes from 41 to 40. So mm. obviously it's, it doesn't look like the big of a difference. But if you look at a state scale, you had Gary Johnson effectively cost Hillary, Wisconsin and Michigan just by the percentages of if, if they came off mm. of her anyway. So if, if you apply that here, I mean, it could do some damage uh, to Biden, which is That's interesting. I'm torn on that one because, I mean, Amash is his policies are obviously more Republican policies than Democrat. Yeah. But the thing he's really known for nationally is opposing Trump on the on the impeachment. So I, I don't know. I really don't know where that goes. I, I it strikes me at the end of the day. It's not going to be much of a factor. I think like 2016 was kind of the perfect storm for a third party. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even then, the Libertarian Party blew it. Yeah, yeah, because Gary, <laughs> Gary Johnson. But even then, yeah, but they only got a few percent. What you get a few percent? Yeah, um, three. Uh, you get three point four. I know he did pretty well in New Mexico. Uh-huh. Um, had a, a decent number there, but it wasn't that significant. Uh, it, you know, I think in this particular election, uh, the third party is just going to be tough to make any dent at all. Uh, this is to me. This is going to be. It's, let me run this theory by you. You've got. Donald Trump going through this unexplained situation that, you know, where it's affecting the economy and, and many different things in, in negative ways. Um, and at the end of the day, whatever, whatever, wherever, wherever we are in that arc is going to be the, de- the deciding factor. If we are in a yeah. situation where yeah, the mood I of the agree. country is terrible, how, how do you win election? How do you win a reelection if the if the uh, unemployment rate is 12 percent? On the other hand. Uh, if it's coming back, we're back to 5% or something and, you know, we're, we're trending the right way. It's hard to imagine him not winning if he, if he was able to turn it around. Do you think it's going to be Joe Biden in November on the ballot? <laughs> You're back to Well, let me let me give it before I give you my answer. This is uh, predict it. Um, you know, it's a betting market. And I mean, it, sorry, it's an investment market. Um, <laughs> and, you know, 80 percent chance for Joe Biden to win. It sounds really good for Joe, except we're talking about the Democratic nomination. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. OK. <laughs> for some reason, 10 percent chance. If you see 10 cents on the screen here, that means 10 yeah. percent chance um, of Hillary winning, which I even if they go away from Biden, I don't think there's any chance they go to Hillary. Yeah. They don't look at Hillary. Um, and you see Cuomo, which is my jihad right now. I just I cannot freaking understand how anybody thinks he's doing a good job um, is the next candidate. The, the thing about Clinton is Clinton is not remembered as this like, oh, man, I wish we had her. Sometimes when you have like a, a loss of a candidate in a close race, like Al Gore was like this. They were like, oh, I wish we had Al Gore. Mm-hmm. They don't think, oh, we I wish we had Hillary. They think. Gosh, Hillary blew it against Donald Trump. Is that meteor of death uh, headed our way this election cycle the way it was last time? <laughs> I don't know. I think so. Actually, there was one that yeah. went by. That's and right. by the way, I think I think Biden probably <laughs> will hold the uh, nomination. I do think, okay. you know, I wouldn't be completely stunned if there's a last minute thing 
But it, it, my, like, my guess is if it happens, it happens after the convention, because then the party people can do whatever they want. Mm. If they ha- do it beforehand, elections are going to be a question again. I think they're definitely going to get him to the convention, and I guess we'll see what happens there. If the Reed thing bubbles up more, who knows? It could be something else. Um, Asteroid of Death, you, you mentioned, uh, there was one that came pretty close to here, right? I heard you guys talking about it. Uh, earlier this week, yeah. it got within 4,350 miles. That's the distance, for, uh, distance from Atlanta to Anchorage, Alaska. It snuck by the satellites. They didn't see it coming. I'm telling you, man, that's what's gonna. They didn't see it coming. Yeah, it's, it, they did not see it coming until the weekend, till this, till a couple of days before it went by. So, in other words, wow. this is the year. I mean, this is <laughs> yeah, the year. This, this is the year we're all begging for it to hit. <laughs> right. Yeah, like we're just like, ah, I might as well. This might be the year the Yellowstone supervolcano <laughs> erupts as well. Who knows? I like that. I, mean, I, like that. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you before you go about this podcast series you're doing. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. You, you did a couple, a couple episodes, two-parter. Oh, yeah. It was myself. a lot of fun talking with you. Uh, yeah. the, the last one, as I mentioned, is, is out now. You can go. The name of it is uh, On the Mic. At the Mic. At the Mic, sorry, mm-hmm. with Keith. That's cool. Um, and I'm telling you, the two episodes featuring you, there's a lot of insight on this guy right here that you will learn uh, about his life. And uh, I mean, you really get deep dive into stuff. Yeah. yeah, there's some really cool stuff. We went through a lot. Uh, it was a fun conversation. And, I, and you've been doing this with... Uh, kind of everybody around here. Yeah, I'm going to run out of people in the building here soon. You're kind of like, it's, it's almost like the, the, the company historians type of situation, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, because you talked about our careers, like major events in the blaze, like, you know, stuff that we did with Glenn on radio, how all that stuff happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, we went pretty deep. I listened to the, the one with Pat Gray, which I think was one of your first episodes. Yeah, it was the uh, inaugural one. Yep. I've talked um, to Jeffy. Jeffy. Well, Hillary Kennedy. Huh? Oh, yeah. The Jeffy, Jeffy one. one yeah, I know, right? I, I mean, wouldn't promote that. That That's sounds a good like point. That's a good point. Chad Prather has been a guest oh, on nice. my show. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people behind the scenes here. Your executive producer, mm-hmm. uh, Adam Ford. That was a great conversation. Anyhow, uh, so I'm just trying to talk to people. It's amazing how you can work with people every day, rub shoulders with them, yeah. and know absolutely nothing about them until you sit down and have an hour-long conversation with them. And, and it's been a lot of fun. And maybe at some point, Glenn will decide that he wants to uh, It's join. possible. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't count on it, but it's I'm possible. It's um, he, everyone's heard his stories before. That's He's true. only got like four of them, and we've heard him 90, 90 times. But can I make him cry? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can. Yeah, that's true. That's not even that's not setting the bar. Yeah. And one thing I've noticed about this going through this particular situation that we shouldn't really get into in any depth <laughs> at all is there's not that much difference in my day to day life. I remember, and I think this is the same for you because you're coming in here. Uh-huh. Like there's there's more kids at home all the time. Um, but I don't, I, you know, like I kind of go through my day and I, I say hey to a couple people in the hallway mm-hmm. and it's kind of not all that different. It's and I, sad. It's something, yeah, maybe I should examine yeah. about my life. That, or, maybe that's the next, next episode. Or I can have the conversations for you and you can just listen to At The Mic Podcast and learn that way. There you go. Go subscribe <laughs> At The Mic. It's Keith Malinak, executive producer of Pat Gray Unleashed and host of At The Mic with Keith the podcast, you can subscribe now. Make sure you do that. Also, I've seen with my own two eye holes how much work Keith puts into his project. It's very, very little. So why not uh, subscribe uh, to his podcast? And also, you can subscribe to Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash stew. Use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. And you're going to save 30 bucks on your subscription price. And you get to see Keith in his winter hats every day on Pat Gray Unleashed. <laughs> Keith, thanks for coming on the program. Thank you. A lot of fun, man. All right. Back in a second. Most of the reviews on iTunes are positive. This one, however, only one star from Dave. He says, Donald Trump was for all tests until he failed at tests. We have not been given one-tenth of what... 
Trump promised. Until we actually do get what we need, mass tests, you Trump rump kissers should shut the F up. And at first I thought it was a dumb point, but then he added the red-faced emoji. So I'm one over to his point. Please rate and review on, on iTunes, and we'll see you Monday.